Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman. We have a great show for you today. We are here with psychic medium Kathleen Ferris. Uh, so, welcome back, Kathleen. You, uh, this is your your second time on to Energy Matters. Thanks, Caroline. I'm so excited to be back. Yes, absolutely. And you've had a lot of lot of new things happen in your life um, since the last time we chatted. You have a new podcast, which we're going to talk about today. You have a new website. You've got all kinds of all kinds of cool events happening. So you're really rocking and rolling. Well, thank you. You know, I I really think like like you. Once you step into your alignment of living your purpose doors open and progress happens. So uh, thanks for being a great role model for all of us here in the Pioneer Valley. How, how do you feel like you stepped into your alignment and stepped into your purpose? Like what, what clicked for you? So for me, I have been a medium since I was a little kid, but then I packed it up and hid behind my religion because, uh, you know, I was weird enough. Who wants to be extra weird as a kid? Um, And then as I came into my midlife years, it started to become apparent to me that I couldn't hide anymore, that I had to figure out what was holding me back from being authentic. And once I started to deal with the skeletons in the closet, so to speak, and owning that I'm different and that's okay, uh, I started to then find that authenticity led me to opportunities where I could be with like-minded people. And certainly if I couldn't find a tribe, I could start to create one. So I think for me, it was all about accepting myself and not being afraid of what people might say about me or to me, and just knowing that my soul was in charge of pushing me forward to do this work. And isn't it always the things that we think other people are going to say about us that we're really just saying to ourselves? Absolutely. I think the negative self-talk can be really strong with some of us. And I know for me, I had a million reasons not to do anything before I even opened my mouth and asked for an opinion. So For me, part of that was learning how to trust my gut, to follow my soul's lead, and then to quiet some of the negative self-talk, which isn't always easy. Did you have any particular tricks that you learned along the way to quiet that negative self-talk? So for me, I was on a journey with meditation. Um, I'll be honest, I started meditation and didn't think that I was seeing any type of results from it. Uh, I probably did meditation twice a day, every day for probably two years and didn't feel like I had seen any type of results. But as I look back at it, those two years were spent really training my human mind or the left brain to stop perceiving so many threats and stop interfering. And so once I was able to get that um, kind of in a muzzle, I guess we could say, Um, the soul mind was able to unfold a little bit and start to lead me in the right directions to grow and to do the spiritual work that I'm really here to do. So Kathleen, can you tell us a little bit about 
um, what a psychic medium is. And just a a quick overview, um, I'll make sure to link our last episode where we really went into depth and really kind of um, uncovered a lot of the nuances um, of your story and of your work. But um, can you give listeners who maybe are just meeting you for the first time um, a quick a quick insight as to what uh, what it is that you do? Sure. So I'm Kathleen Ferris. I'm from Westfield, Massachusetts. I'm a single mom and I'm a medium. I'm a psychic. I'm a teacher and I'm also a Reiki master teacher. So in that title of psychic medium are two very different tasks, I guess we could say. And on the psychic level, you're typically working with an incarnate person. So the client sitting in front of me and the energy would be aimed at that person sitting at the table with me or on an object or a picture, uh, but it would be things uh, typically for the people here in the physical realm. So, you know, if somebody were to call me and say, you know, can you help me find my lost wedding ring or, <laughs> you know, those types of things. Um, and as a medium, I have the honor to work with people in the spirit world to be one small part of some beautiful family reunions. So the people in the spirit world would work with me and I would take whatever evidence or information they might want to share and relay that to their loved ones here in the physical world. What what is your most what is the com- the most common question that people ask you when they they hear that you're that you're a medium? I think a lot of times people think that I spend twenty four seven talking with the people in the spirit world, and so very often they'll say, "Oh, do I have anyone around me?" or "You know, do they wake you up at night?" So there's a <laughs> lot of questions about that and. You know, certainly when somebody is, quote unquote, awakening and they're starting to understand that they have mediumistic abilities, you don't necessarily have the training yet to turn it off and on. Um, Someone who's working professionally has that ability to turn it on when it's time to go to work and then turn it off when it's time to be mom. You know, if I'm mowing my lawn, I'm not talking to the people in the spirit world. If I'm washing dishes, it's just me singing badly along to my (laughs) um, music. You know, so it's not that I talk with people in the spirit world 24-7. They don't wake me up at night. I don't walk around the grocery store and surprise people with readings. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's ethics involved with all of what we do, and and there's a reverence to it as well. So, since your since your last visit on on Energy Matters, uh, you started your own podcast called Wicked Spiritual, which is so Western Mass. I love it. <laughs> That's and, what we were going for. Yeah. It's it's happening. Um, can you tell us what Wicked Spiritual uh, podcast is is all about? Absolutely. So there are three of us that co-host this: Kim Pearson, Sylvia Ferreira, and myself. And we, on um, our little tagline, call ourselves Three Soul Sisters that offer support and education to help us all to survive this Muggle world. And so we offer topics like chakras and the clairs. Um, talking about psychic skills and tools as well as mediumship, and then certainly bringing in some zany questions to uh, just spark the laughter. We really enjoy laughing, but we also enjoy helping. So there's the educational piece to all of that. We try to tie in some astrology with every episode so that we can kind of help people navigate what may be impacting them. Uh, But it's really kind of fun because all three of us come from a very different background. Uh, Kim is more of the pagan tradition. She identifies as a a Celtic Druid. So she comes at every topic with that angle. 
Sylvia is more of the yogi. She does Reiki as well as aroma therapy work. So she comes at it from that background. And then I'm, you know, a recovering Catholic and I come at it from that angelic realm and, you know, with the focus more on the mediumship and the teaching. So all three of us approach any topic differently. And it's fun to to throw one up against the wall and see what sticks. And, you know, if, as the listeners um, are, are listening to our, our conversation today, um, I get to watch Kathleen through Zoom. And even as you're talking about these women, your co-hosts, you're just lighting up. And I can see how much you really have so much affection and love for them. And, you know, when you say that you're soul sisters, it, it feels that way when you start talking about them. Well, we have a really great chemistry and, um, you know, I've only known Sylvia for less than a year, but we've really clicked very well and she and Kim click very well. And so it really is an easy quote unquote job to do with them because we laugh a lot, but we also support one another really well. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that you guys also have, even though you might have differences of opinions or perspectives, I should say, you know, none of you guys shut each other down. It's a really, it's, there's a lot of kindness. There's a lot of, you know, gentle poking and things like that. But it is really, really beautiful to kind of have to get to sit in on the conversation with you guys. And um, yeah, it kind of, like all podcasts, it's it's nice to have when you're washing dishes or cooking, you know, it kind of feels like you're you're part of the conversation with, with some other people who are, are wicked spiritual. <laughs> Thank you. So how, how did the three of you guys come together? Sure. So years ago, I was working out of a local wellness center doing readings, and Kim actually came in as a client and just happened to be uh, that I was on the shift that day. So one of those synchronicities that you look back on years later and say, well, that wasn't an accident, was it? So she had come in for a reading, and then afterwards she started to do some classes at that same wellness center, and we got to know each other a little bit more there. And then she started to do psychic readings, and we would work at some of the same psychic fairs and expos. So we got to know each other really well over the years, and then she wanted to focus in on her mediumship abilities, you know, kind of have that hyper focus on just the mediumship. And I was running a mediumship development class, so she decided to attend. Sylvia, I had met um, just less than a year ago. I was teaching a psychic development class, and she came in to see if there were any tips or tricks that she didn't know yet. And then she offered me the opportunity to work out of her wellness center. It's called True You Healing and Wellness, and it's in Westfield as well. So we started to do a mediumship development course out of her studio, and that's where Kim was coming to take the class. So we all were sitting in the room together with some other amazing students, and we just play off each other really well. And one night, Sylvia said, you two should do a podcast. And of course, everybody rolled their eyes and laughed. And then afterwards, I said, well, the three of us should do it. It was your idea, Sylvia. So she's wrapped in there now and can't get away from us. <laughs> And I, I really love that you guys are working out of Westfield because I, I feel that there's a lot of attention in the Northampton, uh, you know, area for the healing arts. And often uh, Greenfield is often overlooked and Westfield is often overlooked as um, these kind of emerging hubs of people who, you know, are, it's a very residential area out there, um, but there's so much interest and curiosity uh, in Westfield. And so I, I really love that you guys are um, 
growing and expanding and, and have these uh, these kind of hubs hubs down there, these spiritual and psychic hubs. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be in this community. I think there's amazing practitioners of all different sorts and flavors. And so, you know, I'm proud to be from the Western Mass area. And so um, did you grow up in Western Mass? I did. I was born in Springfield in an area called Hungry Hill, which was a, a very Irish neighborhood back in the day. And then when we started to make good money, we moved to the suburbs of West Springfield, and I grew up there. And I've resided here my whole life. Oh, wow. Through and through. You are Western Mass. <laughs> That's why we're wicked. Wicked spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as... Can you tell us a little bit, you know, because I'm, I'm in the more radio world. Um, and so, of course, there's there's different kind of rules and regulations for radio. We're FCC regulated. So, you know, we have um, kind of limits around our speech. Um, what are what are some of the uh, kind of rules that you guys try to provide? Podcasting is a little bit more Wild West. Um, I know there are still copyright laws that apply, um, but what what kind of rules do you guys have within your own kind of podcast um, for content, for um, etiquette, for for any kind of stuff? What are what does it look like behind the scenes um, running a podcast? So for us, we started with a shared Google Doc to just start putting together some ideas uh, as far as what the content was going to look like. And we were starting this before COVID really hit. So we had ideas for guest stars and guest speakers and interviews. And all of that is still in the planning, but we have to just wait till we move past some of these restrictions. But as we get together to work on things, we typically have conversations ahead of time about what content we want to discuss. Kim is in charge of the astrology, so she does the heavy lifting there and puts together the components that would fit into our episodes. And then we try to be very cautious of the speech so that we're not necessarily throwing around curse words every other sentence. Um, Because, well, first of all, that's just not who we are typically, but also we might turn off some listeners if we were, you know, that much over the edge with it. So we do try to keep our speech as G-rated as we can. And then certainly if if some of those cuss words slip during the recording and can't be edited out, we have to check the little box that says explicit. So we know if we've not been careful or mindful of our wording that we've got to go out and click that explicit button. Uh, But we really try to keep things positive. Um, Certainly there are very real raw things that we will be discussing. But through all of that, we try to find the positive. We try to find the support, the silver lining. So we try to gear for the 30-minute area. Sometimes we just go on and on, as you can imagine women do, and then we've got a much longer episode. But we try to make sure that we're targeting the different listeners that we know that we have. So we can't just talk about all things mediumship because that's what I want to do. We can't talk about all things pagan because that's what Kim might want to do and, you know, whatever Sylvia's got, you know, that she might want to be focusing on. We try to do a blend of those. So if we're recording two or three episodes in a sitting, we want to make sure that we've got areas of expertise for all three of us, as well as educational topics that might meet the needs of our listeners. That's great. And of course, you guys obviously share a love of Harry Potter if you're, if you're talking about uh, living in the muggle world. 
Absolutely. I was a teacher for many years, and when the Harry Potter books first came out, I was working in a third grade, and some of the students had the books, and I couldn't believe how thick they were. And I thought, oh my gosh, when I was in third grade, was I reading anything like that? (laughs) And I got thrown into a challenge that the principal set to read a certain number of books by the end of the school year, and I just fell in love with the series. So um, yeah, I'm a big Harry Potter fan. (laughs) I am too. I'm not as great with all the trivia, but yeah, I have I have eaten up all those books. Mm-hmm. Eileen, tell us. I know you have a bunch of really cool events coming up. Um, I know you have some gallery style medium readings, um, some psychic development workshops. Um, are is there any particular events that you have coming up that you're that you're really excited about? Well, I'll be honest with you, I'm always excited about all of them because they're great opportunities for me to be helpful, to help educate, and uh, certainly to be working in alignment. So uh, I'm excited about all of them. Yes, I do teach psychic development workshops out of the Restorative Wellness Center in Hamden, Mass. And the next class there would be on the 29th. I've got mediumship development classes happening at True You Healing and Wellness in Westfield. And those are on Thursday nights. Our next one would be the 24th. And then I've got gallery uh, readings. Uh, so gallery demonstrations of mediumship happening also at True You on the 27th. Um, so a lot of great things coming up. I also work out of a new wellness center right near Walmart in Westfield. It's called Results in Wellness. I've got a workshop coming up this Saturday. It's Psychic Exploration and Development. And then gallery demonstrations of readings there happen typically one Friday night a month. Our next ones are the 25th. So we are action-packed even through COVID. Yes. <laughs> um, are you? Are these live or are these in person? Um, rather, are they like virtual? How do? How are you kind of adjusting to the COVID new world of of living life? <laughs> right. So right now, all of the events that we just talked about are in person. Uh, social distancing is important. Of course, the sanitizing of the space before and after, and then masks are being worn, um, especially in and out, um, and temperatures are taken, that kind of thing. But um, as we've moved through this whole quarantine time, so much of what I do, I was able to take virtually, which was a huge blessing. So I was able to do both psychic and mediumistic development groups online and then started to do Zoom uh, readings for clients, both psychic and mediumistic, as well as the distance Reiki. So, you know, it was really kind of nice to be able to take the normal, quote unquote, normal workday and just move it on to Zoom for the majority of the time. Uh, But I think it's been a really difficult time for a lot of people. Well, a lot of people have passed away, you know, there's a lot of grief that is happening. And, you know, I I feel like that's the time that we want to connect with our loved ones, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and that's a that's a big deal. Yeah, for sure. I know there's just been a lot of heavy emotions through all of this with the, the fear of it all. And certainly for a lot of us, we've never lived through a time like this. So it's new and then there's no toilet paper and we can't go here and we can't go there. And, you know, I think for a lot of people getting used to it all was very traumatic. And then there's no real normal, you know, especially if you've been laid off and your children are home and, you know, there's just a lot out there um, energetically, I think, for people to have to wade through. So it's nice to have bright spots like Energy Matters and readings and Reiki and, you know, all of those things that just give us some sense of healing and that sense of normalcy. 
how how has your your Reiki practice been been fitting into the the professional layers of work that you are doing currently? So I think um, a lot of times I'm trying to make sure that my energy is okay because you can't pour from an empty cup, right? Of course. So I know that for myself, uh, being that Reiki master, I'm really working on myself a lot to make sure that I have the energy I need to do the work at my highest standard. But I also find that a lot of times when I'm getting a group of people together, whether it's virtually or in person, there needs to be a window of time where we just allow people to talk because people have been so isolated. And, you know, for myself, if I'm running through the grocery store with the mask on, I don't want to stop and stand still and talk to people. But then I get home at the end of the day and I think, gosh, I didn't really talk to anybody today. Yeah. So I think there's that healing piece of just having conversation. Um, and what I've started doing um, feel free, listeners, if you want to follow me on Instagram or Facebook, I do offer free distance Reiki on Sundays. Um, so I do find that that is a day to recharge myself, but then also to create that boost for people that might have some needs coming up. I've enjoyed a few of those uh, Instagram Sunday evening uh, Reiki sessions too, distance Reiki sessions. They're they're very, very nice. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I appreciate getting a little. I, I offer a lot of Reiki professionally and, and personally, so I, it's nice to, to get some in return. Absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of us that have that empathic side where we feel everybody else's stuff, we start to take it in. We t- start to take ownership of it. And I think then we start to pay a price physically or at least with the peace of mind part of it. So I think having somebody that can help you to get yourself set back on a straight path or refuel your cup is so crucial. So in in addition to Reiki, to refueling, refilling your cup and refueling, um, what other kind of practices do you do you like to do to to refuel and and fill back up? Sure. So laughter is huge for me. If I can have a good exchange with someone either on Zoom or over text and just crack each other up, I'm all about it. So finding ways to laugh have been important for me. Um, I'm also looking to be of service in different ways. So you know, through the social media outlets, I've started to do um, like a three-card poll on Wednesdays to help people feel less afraid of what's going on and to feel some type of support. And the feedback I get from that really makes me feel good about the the service I'm offering. Um, you know, so I think being of service and knowing that I'm helping people really fills my cup. But also, I think this has been a time for me to be a little bit inside that cocoon and look at my practices and how much energy do I give away by doing this, that, the other thing, and taking that time to do the deep dive. I've attended all kinds of mastermind phone calls and learning opportunities that were free through the quarantine to just try and figure out where do I spend energy that I don't have to, where am I perhaps overlooking blessings. So it's been a really great time for me to go inward and look at what's really important and how do I carry that forward with me coming out of this whole time period. Yeah, I love that. Even that just taking that self-reflection of like, where do I spend energy that I don't have to in my time that I don't have to? And yeah, that's that I I feel like I could answer pretty clearly, you know, I'll 
sometimes if I'm just like having food, I'll like pop onto Netflix and watch 20 minutes comedy show or something. But, you know, all those all those little incremental things with social media, with our screen time, you know, could very easily be rerouted and um, rediscovered for for refueling in a, in a healthy way, you know. Absolutely. I've also found some really great docu-series on uh, Netflix and, and Hulu, those types of outlets. And so it's been fun for me to have some educational time in areas that I'm not necessarily that well versed on. And, you know, certainly there is that downside where you can go down that rabbit hole of, you know, watching four seasons in a day. But uh, <laughs> for me, it's it's pretty measured because I've got clients and, and you know, I'm a single mom. So somebody needs me to cook or, or clean or do laundry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that someone would be your kids. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to name names, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. Um, you know, but um, what is, what's your, what's your favorite part um, professionally about, you know, hosting some of these, these medium gatherings? So I think for me, um, I'm learning how to be the best medium I can be. I, I do believe that as a medium, my learning should be lifelong. I, I should never sit on my laurels and say, oh, I'm the best that I could be. So I'm always looking to learn and incorporate new ways to be of the greatest service to the greatest number of people. And so for me, I love being a part of the family reunions. I'm nosy. I'm like, oh, what was that about? Tell me the details here. So I get to be my normal nosy self while also being uh, the facilitator, I guess you could say, of some of these beautiful family reunions. And, you know, it's just lovely what the people in the spirit world have lined up for me to deliver. And they really make me look good because they have beautiful memories and evidence and pieces of information that can be validated. So it's not just, you know, some weird lady standing at the front of the room saying mumbo jumbo that doesn't relate to anybody. Um, the people in the spirit world have practiced, they've rehearsed, they know where my strengths are and maybe where my weaknesses reside. So they've already accommodated for my misses or my overreaches they've done all of that homework before i walk into the room and then i get to look good by facilitating these family reunions and there's always healing there's always laughter there's always this sense of peace that exists in the room throughout the session but then absolutely after it so i just feel humbled and honored oh that's really beautiful and why why do you refer to them as family reunions? What is what is the kind of what's the idea behind that or the feeling behind that? Sure. So for me, you know, I'm I'm a stranger. I don't know the people who are sitting in the room in front of me and I don't know their loved ones in the spirit world. But by facilitating that communication, I get a peek inside what each of their lives is like. I know details that, you know, a stranger wouldn't know. So I get to see that recognition on the face of the person sitting in front of me that, you know, Kathleen is really talking to my fill in the blank, you know, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. And with the more evidence that the people in the spirit world feed me, like quite literally, they hand it to me and give it to me and, and I give it to their loved ones here in the physical world. There is that reconnection of those relationships. So while for me it's, you know, work, it's a, a very beautiful, fulfilling work that allows me to have these sneak peeks at the beautiful family relationships that people have around me. And sometimes people don't realize that they can 
ask for signs from their loved ones in the spirit world or that they can lean into their own intuitive gut feelings about whether or not their loved one is visiting with them. And they think they have to come to a medium. So for me, when I'm able to validate for them that they really are seeing or feeling or hearing that special someone, it's empowering for them. And they walk out the door differently than the way they came in. And so for me, it's just this beautiful family reunion, and I get to be one small piece of that puzzle. And if somebody listening was was curious about kind of taking these these introductory baby steps to communicate, not just to communicate, but also to feel like they're receiving information in return from their loved ones, um, what would you recommend for people to kind of get started um, being able to not just talk to their loved ones, but also feel like they're they're hearing their loved ones? Sure. So I think it all depends on what kind of a learner you are. I do have my master's in education and taught in the elementary schools for over a decade. So I know that everybody is a, a different type of a learner. I myself am a visual learner. So, so if you give me the uh, pictures, I can put together the furniture from any of the big name box stores. But if you just give me the words, I'm, I'm going to have to call for help. So I would say for the people listening, if they're looking to grow those psychic or mediumistic skill sets, start with where your strength is. Um, reading books written by some of the big names would be helpful for a lot of people. There's also online courses that a lot of the big names offer. Um, you can often do those right online where you would have the videos of them talking to you and then there would be practices. You can also find things that just tickle your fancy. Um, for a while, I was really into Candy Crush, and I was practicing with some of my uh, psychic skill sets. So I would get to a level, and I would say, all right, I think I'm going to score about 100,000 points on this level. And then I would see where I landed. So just doing fun things like that can be helpful in one's growth. But there's certainly a lot of opportunities locally as well to be meeting up with like-minded people. Uh, there are certainly Zoom groups that meet and certainly in-person options as well as we start to come through, you know, the different phases of reopening. So I think depending on what kind of a learner are, you are, you can find some options that fit nicely for you and allow you the opportunity to start to take that risk of, of trying to see if it feels right or if you get validation on it. Uh, but certainly there are, are lots of ways you can go about it. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, I think that when I was really starting a lot of my own intuitive development and some of the stuff that just came naturally as I learned Reiki, as I started calming my mind down and really tuning in, you know, a little bit what's going on past the normal thought patterns, you know, it was very interesting because it was always the, um, there was so much fear around talking to dead people that was was real for me. And I don't know why, because it's I mean, I have a pretty um, comfortable relationship with the afterlife and the conversations around death and these kind of things. Um, but the idea of talking to the dead people, you know, really like brought up a lot of fear. Um, but during Reiki sessions, when I was really calm, you know, people like, you know, the, the spirit spirits just would come on in. And it was sort of this slow unraveling of information. And yeah, it, it's not I wouldn't say it's my the number one skill that I go to. But it's a really, um, even practicing Reiki has been a very big um, psychic opening for me um, over the years um, to just allow whatever uh, kind of crossing paths to, um, to sneak in there when you're calm and relaxed. 
Yeah, I had the same thing happen when I started my Reiki journey. Uh, going through the Reiki attunement certainly opened me up psychically. And then as I started to work, I found that the loved ones in the spirit world were showing up around the Reiki table. And I had to stop being nosy and asking them who they were and why were they here uh, and just ask them to help with the Reiki session and then to start to differentiate when was it time for the healing and when was it time for the mediumship. So I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you differentiate between uh, when you're doing just like plain healing and when you're doing the mediumship in within a Reiki session? How does that work for you? Sure. So if I'm working with a client, um, so if it's a brand new client, let's say I will have a conversation with them before they get up on the table to ask if they want to know that their loved ones from the spirit world are around. You know, do they want to hear about it? Because some people don't want to, and I want to be respectful of that. Um, some people might be fearful, as you mentioned, and now they're going to lay on my table and not get the benefits of the Reiki because they're too afraid. So certainly if they don't want to know about it, I leave it out. And if they do want to know about it, um, when we're kind of debriefing um, after the actual hands-on part of the Reiki or hands near, um, we'll uh, bring that in and talk about who was here and what evidence they may have brought or what message they may have had. So I try and keep that as a separate component so that people don't feel as if we've blurred the lines too far. That's a, that's a really, really nice boundary. Often when, you know, I mean, I would say it's probably once every few months or something like that, but that a, a spirit comes in and usually when they come in, uh, that's usually a signal that I, I just let it fly. So you're, you're much, you're much nicer. I'm just like, oh, hey, do you, uh, is your, your old science teacher is here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you when I first started, I really didn't know what the boundaries were supposed to be. And thankfully I had a, a Reiki master who was also a medium and gave me the advice to be very clear with my boundaries so that I could excel at one or the other or both. But by keeping the boundaries in place, it was going to allow me to really make headway and, and get myself to a place where I felt comfortable with the work. So, you know, it was a blessing to be chastised a little bit in the beginning in order to create those boundaries. And so, you know, that's helpful for me. And it's also been a learning experience over the years to understand what clients are looking for. So I can't assume that they want a little bit of everything. If they're just here for one thing, I need to stay on task and just do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kathleen, I'm, I'm really curious, you know, you've, you've really mentioned having a, a background in teaching, having that be your kind of early profession. Um, and how you how how do you bring a lot of the teaching theory and the more um, the the teaching practice into the work that you do now? Sure. So for me, lesson planning is part of my DNA at this point. So for me to start to put together lesson plans and build a curriculum is natural, which is not necessarily the case for other psychics or other mediums who feel the call to teach. So it's really been an asset for me to be able to look at the curriculum of what it is I want to work with, and then how do I chunk it into manageable bites for my learners. And then thinking about activities or readings or videos that would further enhance the learning so that we're hitting the different learning styles of the different people sitting in front of me. Um, and again, that's not something that 
you would just get from taking mediumship development courses and then getting yourself out as a medium. So for me, having that previous career has been a blessing to help me to not only get things prepared, but then also when we're in a class and a student has a question or a struggle, it's very easy for me to understand how to then help them with that. What aspect of teaching really, really inspires you? Like what was there like, I know sometimes we often kind of have these, um, you know, multiple vocations that really call us throughout our lifetime, but the, what, what aspect of teaching just really lights you up? I'd say there's a two-way tie. I love the excitement of learning something new and then the aha moment when that learner synthesizes that new piece of knowledge and it now makes so many other pieces that seemingly didn't fit, fit perfectly. So uh, a lot of times, you know, because I'm working with adults, they'll say, you know, oh my gosh, now I get it. Or, oh my gosh, that makes everything else fit in my mind better. So it's a lot of fun for me to bring in things that are new and see the excitement and sometimes the trepidation on my students' faces, like, oh gosh, what has she dreamed up now? (laughs) But then also to see that light bulb moment of the learning and it fits now and everything makes more sense and they're going to sit with it and they're going to understand it and then they're going to move forward. And in working with students who are interested in their psychic and mediumistic abilities, there's so much potential for them to then take what what small little bit I may have given them and help thousands and thousands of people. You know, I mean, if we think about it, Caroline, when you were learning Reiki, you probably had a very limited focus of how many people you thought you might help. Of course. And then look at where you are now. So for me, it's all about how can I do the most good and, and how can I serve at my highest standard in the best way? So if I can share what I've learned from other teachers and tutors and mentors and be an inspiration for those students to then go on and learn from others and really help, I'm in. That's beautiful. And yeah, you never know when you plant those seeds and when people really get it, you know, that little light that flips on in their eyes. It's exciting. It's really fun to watch. It's very, it's very satisfying. It is. Absolutely. So Catherine, um, we're, we are kind of coming towards the top of the hour. Um, how Do you have any kind of words of wisdom that you want to really throw out into the universe that you want people to really understand, whether it's about the teaching, about the mediumship work, um, you know, getting into their passion, any words of wisdom that you want to, to um, throw out into the universe? Sure. I would say first and foremost, during this time, which is unprecedented, it's historic, and there's a lot out there to feel that would be heavy or fearful. Really, I would say be gentle with yourself. If you need to take a day and just binge watch a show, do it. If you need to change your routine and do your workout at night instead of the morning or start a workout um, practice, you know, be gentle with yourself, be forgiving and monitor that self-talk because we're, I think we're all really experts at telling ourselves where we've missed the mark and where we failed. But during this time, I would say, be really gentle with yourselves. I would also say you're a lot stronger and a lot more tuned in than the general public might give you credit for. So 
if you feel like that cardinal who sits on the windowsill every single morning at 6.15 is your father telling you that they're okay, it is. Uh, you don't need someone like me to validate that your loved ones in the spirit world are alive and well and absolutely interacting with you in your day-to-day -day lives. So I would say, you know, first off, be gentle, but secondly, be empowered that you have gifts, you have skills, and the world is better off because you are being authentic and living out those dreams. Oh, thank you. <laughs> did you have, um, did you have like a, a particular moment in your own life where you felt really validated by your own intuitive and psychic abilities? I did. Um, you know, I've had moments throughout my life where that's been really helpful for me. Um, I was just involved in a missing persons case from out of state and uh, the work that I was doing gave the family enough evidence to be able to move forward with pursuing certain avenues. And thankfully, uh, that person was located. Unfortunately, they had uh, passed, but you know, that was just really beautiful to be able to give them information and then get it validated through, you know, the CCTV cameras that were set up, you know, on the streets or, or in the urban areas. And to be able to take the information that I was receiving intuitively and then be able to validate it from the police investigation. So those types of things are always really rewarding for me to to hear but i also hear them pretty regularly in my work where i i say something and and people say you know did you google me <laughs> no are you googleable i don't know <laughs> so yeah i think you know i think as we get to practice with our intuition and we start to trust ourselves we start to see that we can validate some of that and again it's so empowering and, you know, we're, we're allowed to be a scientist when we're doing intuitive work, too. We're allowed to, to look for evidence, to observe, and to, to bring that scientific method just as, as you know, strictly as, as we do to other observations in, in nature and biology and, you know, physics and all these other different sciences, too. So it's, um, yeah, I think that that validation um, is 100% is very important. I think it is. And I think the more things that we can do and validate, even if it's just ourselves validating it, like, okay, well, I thought I was going to get 100,000 on this level and I'm at 102,000. So look at me go. You know, even if it's that simple, it builds confidence that we're not crazy and we're not making it up and it's not our imagination, that there really is something to this psychic side of the human. And, you know, I feel like since the pandemic has really been, you know, more in full swing and a lot of our, you know, entertainment things have been, at least our in-person entertainment things have been pulled back and now they're kind of slowly, you know, releasing some of the reins on that in Massachusetts. But, you know, people had so much extra time on their hands and they had time to decompress and to be present with what felt good and what didn't feel good and what they valued, how they valued spending their time and all these kind of different things. And people made space for the things that they wanted to explore, you know, whether it was intuitive work, whether it was learning Reiki, whether it was, you know, any number of things across the board. Um, and, and I'm curious as to um, how, how did you spend a lot of, of your COVID time when we were on more of the stricter lockdown? What, what were you doing for yourself during that time? 
Sure. So I unfortunately was laid off from my day job early on in that and had all kinds of free time. And so I found projects that needed to be done. My home office here had been half painted for, gosh, I'm embarrassed to say almost a year. So I finished the painting and (laughs) yay, started to do work out in the yard, things that I just never had the time to do, pruning back some of the weeds that had turned into bushes and looked like they were landscaping. Um, (laughs) Little things like that, that I just hadn't made time for. Um, You know, certainly finding new routines here in my home with my family that better support us as well-rounded people versus the nine to five grind. And then certainly spending time um, diving deeply within to figure out where am I going next with this? If this is our new normal, then how do I function within it? So taking some online courses, attending some mastermind classes, certainly doing uh, Zoom happy hours with some friends and, you know, just trying to stay connected, but also to do some of the work on myself that I couldn't really do because I was hiding behind the busyness. Oh, the busyness. That is (laughs) our number one thing in America. I feel like that we are trying to overcome. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, we just talked about this on one of our most recent podcast recordings. I'm not sure if it's aired yet, but we talked about hiding behind things like being busy or uh, numbing some of our psychicness with, you know, excessive eating or drinking or that kind of thing. So, you know, I think as humans, we find, you know, ways to respond to the trauma in our day to day lives. And sometimes we find unhealthy ways to do that. So I think this downtime has been difficult for a lot of people because they can't necessarily indulge in some of those unhealthy ways. And, you know, you have to get comfortable with who you are and really love you in order to live with yourself. So I think for me, it's been a lot of fun to dive in a little bit deeper and get to know me, uh, who I am now that I've hit the big five zero, and understand, you know, where I can be doing better, whether it's with my family or with my work. Hmm. And Kathleen, um, how how can people find you if they um, want to learn a little bit more about what you do and and your and your story? How what's the best way for for people to uh, to reach out? Sure. So if you want to learn more about me, it's KathleenFerris.com. And uh, you can certainly find me on Instagram and Facebook under Sacred Whispers. And then Wicked Spiritual is available on all of your um, outlets that you would find a podcast on. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. And then you can email us at wickedspiritual at gmail.com if you'd like to submit a topic for us or a zany question. If you want to give us some encouragement or correct us on something we've said that you may disagree with, uh, reach out. We want to make this an interactive podcast as we go along. Fabulous. Um, and and again, I know you mentioned um, some of your upcoming calendar events. Um, can you let us know uh, one of the next couple of events that you have coming up um, just quickly? Sure. So uh, we've got a class uh, tomorrow, actually, at the Results and Wellness Facility in Westfield uh, from 2 to 5. It's a psychic exploration and development course. Then next week, we've got the mediumship development class on Thursday evening uh, at True You Healing and Wellness. Then we've got on Sunday, the 27th, we've got some gallery demonstrations of mediumship also at True You. 
And then on the 29th, there's a psychic development class at Restorative Wellness Center in Hamden. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kathleen, for coming on the show and, and sharing all about your, your work and what you do. Um, and if you're just tuning in now to Energy Matters and you want to hear um, the rest of this interview or even our Kathleen's last visit that she had on Energy Matters, um, I will make sure to uh, to link that in uh, on the post if you go to reikinorthampton.com backslash radio dash archives. Um, and so we'll have all that um, available and that will be up in about a week. Um, so definitely, definitely go check that out. So thank you again, Kathleen. So have a great week, everyone, and be well.